everyone, We Speak Group is here. Let us virtually travel with activism around the world. On this journey, we can learn more about organizing activism and social justice during COVID-19. For this week, we're headed towards Afghanistan. Today's hosts are Tamina Sobot, Neil Yoshizaki, and Alex Nellis. Also welcome our special guest, uh, Marjan Alapur from the Institution of Social Equality for Women. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation, Marjan, and it's such a ple pleasure to have you with us uh, during this time difference and distance. And it's such a pleasure to have you here. And uh, I want to give you some time for introducing yourself to our audience. Uh, thank you very much. I'm happy that uh, I have the opportunity to speak about some of the activities we do for women here in Afghanistan. Uh, this is Marjan Alipur, a women rights activist in Herat, Afghanistan. I'm a member of a women's social equality organization. Uh, this organization was established in Afghanistan in 2015, and it is totally based on volunteer efforts for responding uh, women's challenges and issues in this society. Uh, we are mainly working in four areas, uh, monitoring, advocating, raising awareness, and networking. I just wanted to ask to maybe give us a little bit more detail about your organization that what is what are you doing here in that organization and who are the people that you are working for? Uh, as I say, the member of this organization working uh, totally voluntarily. Uh, for example, each of us have our own main job, which earn our income. And uh, beside that, we allocate three to five hours weekly for doing volunteer work for women. As we talked uh, before the meeting about mm -hmm. some of the details of your activity with the schools and with women, about the book clubs. So we would appreciate if you share that with our audience too. Yes, in each of these areas, we have different activities. For example, in monitoring area, each of the member has the duty to uh, be aware of uh, what has happened for what is happening for women, for example, in the uh, public area, in the street, in the workplace, in the government, in the media. Uh, we have a metaphor here that each of us must be like an eye, which is looking everywhere. And if uh, we see that something women rights are violating, then we must raise it. And uh, when we see some cases, uh, then we use from uh, uh, from advocating tool in order to advocate for that case. And in in this in the Two past years, our main focus was on raising awareness, uh, raising awareness area. For example, uh, under this area, we did a research in the 
a school box. Uh, it was in uh, 2018 that we studied all books from grade uh, one till grade 12 uh, in a school. And we tried to uh, find out the uh, gender stereotypes which are existed in a school box. And unfortunately, we found out that many, many uh, gender stereotypes are existed in the school box. And we try to, on one hand, and we communicate with the Ministry of Education and, uh, and ask them to omit and uh, remove these gender is, uh, um, discrimination tips in the school books. And on the other hand, we uh, sign a protocol with the Department of Education here in Herat in order to conduct some seminars and trainings for uh, school uh, teachers in order to make them aware about these stereotypes that uh, how they should behave when they face with these uh, uh, gender discriminations points in the uh, in the school books. Uh, in these trainings, uh, while one group uh, <clears throat> uh, one group is uh, uh, conducted training for the teachers, another group of us conduct training for the uh, female uh, students about the period hygiene, about the sexual harassment, how they should keep their body, how should they behave if they face with sexual harassment, and beside these activities, we have some. Uh, book reading club that we try to uh, uh, we try to promote the habit of uh, book reading among women and children since we, we think that uh, reading book can help us a lot and it can it will open a window for uh, in a new uh, to a new world for women it raises their awareness the network area, we try to make uh, communication and make bonds with other groups of women <clears throat> in order uh, to have communication with them. That is great. Thank you so much for sharing all these. And I know that uh, I spent all, like the biggest part of my education, educational life in Afghanistan. And I know that most of most of the books in Afghanistan, they they have nothing on uh, about the sexual harassment and nothing about the sexual awareness for girls about period hygiene or anything and also on the other hand there are a lot of stereotypes for example there's always a woman inside the kitchen it's a great work that you are doing i i'm so proud of you thank you thank you yeah, thank you for sharing like your um, focus of the organization and then like the tactics as on raising awareness. Um, and then I think having access to books um, and then studying books for as an organization on local level is like really helpful uh, for the women and the girls in Afghanistan. Prior to COVID-19 um, pandemic, what were some of your goals for the organization? Have there been any of the goals met during COVID-19 pandemic? Or if you haven't met any of those goals yet, what have you done to continue to work towards meeting them? Um, unfortunately, we have been affected by COVID. 
uh, by quit restriction, uh, like any other entity uh, working in social affairs. Uh, in fact, uh, we are affected by social distancing. And our main challenge was access to our target audience. For example, according to our annual working plan, we were going to conduct 12 training for teachers and students in the schools. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the quit restriction, we were not able to meet our goals. However, uh, we thought to have a plan B and uh, conduct these trainings, uh, um, conduct these uh, trainings online using uh, some uh, online tools like Teams or Zoom. But uh, and, but we found out that uh, many teachers don't have access to internet. Then, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't meet uh, our goal and we postponed this uh, turning until we get back to a normal situation. Thank you for sharing those like difficulties during COVID-19. I'm sure those are, that's like we have everywhere like the same problem, social distancing, we can't um, have physical contact and then also, internet is one issue. Not everyone has um, equal access to high-speed internet. So, yeah, thank you for sharing those. Yeah, and I wanted to uh, mention that um, one of the aspects of this uh, podcast is that we have a transnational perspective to the issue. And uh, your explanation gives like a clear picture of that part because we can see like how the level of the privilege of some areas can can be can be a good point because uh, and can be a good point and also can impact the level of the impact of the COVID on them. For example, if there was there is any other country with a high quality internet, their activism and also their their activities are going to be done based on their plans. But in uh, other way, for example, in Afghanistan, that can be a big big issue that can put a hold on all of our work and activism and lives. And I completely feel that. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Marjan. And that actually goes really well into our next question. Um, so how did your organization uh, react when COVID came? And um, you talked a little bit about this already, but uh, what kind of activism did your organization have to do differently as a result of COVID besides kind of what you've already talked about? When COVID came, uh, as the statistic was increasing, uh, at the same time, another concern for Afghan women was increasing too, and that was the peace talk, as women have the fear of losing their achievements in the last two decades. Therefore, uh, we thought, what can we do in this turbulent situation? And we come up with this decision that we can run an online campaign uh, so we worked for about two months uh, for organizing this campaign and we tried to mobilize women from other provinces and we created a large group in social media and asked the women uh, to write their dark memories of Taliban regime and we created a relevant hashtag in order to share it in social media. In fact, we wanted to express our disagreement with this 
a peace process and we wanted to raise our voice and say that uh, women collective memories uh, memories is strong and we haven't forgot the dark memory of Taliban regime and uh, so because of COVID restriction we use online tools in order to uh, run this online campaign and beside this uh, some of our other activities turn into its online version. For example, the uh, book reading clubs which we're uh, conducting in our office before the quit turn into the online version that uh, some apps and some social media and we continue to read book with the children and with the women. That sounds great, and thank you for sharing. I think we're facing a lot of similar issues here in the U.S. with having to move a lot of our activism online. So it's great to get, um, like Tamina was saying earlier, a transnational perspective on um, how that's affecting um, kind of other countries as well. Yeah, and also I wanted to add that, like, it was very pleasing to hear that you not only did not stop your work, but you added to your activities by at least changing some directions. For sure, it was a, a, a great decision to just react to the to this pandemic in a way that you, not only it can stop you, but in a way that it it, it uh, makes you grow more and also adapt the situation. And this is also, I think, one of the few positive points or aspects of this pandemic that it was kind of a shock for all of us somehow it made us to find like new ways new strategies changing directions or at least like doing the things that they are available for us and that is uh, for sure great so imagine i want you to tell our audience about something that your organization will decide to continue and get from the COVID era and continue even after this pandemic when that we get back to normal? Uh, well, uh, before COVID, we used uh, to use online uh, tools and our activities very rarely. Uh, but uh, I think when we get back to normal situation, the things that change, we may use uh, more from these online tools uh, comparing to the past. However, however, we believe that uh, online tools and virtual world can be replaced with the real world activities. I mean that it doesn't have the same effect of the activities that we are doing in the real world, but we can look at it as, a, as an option uh, to use it in different situations. Absolutely. I think that uh, it will also help us to just uh, maybe reach out to more audience. And I think that as per my my experience and for sure our experience, Marjan, as Afghans, we know that it's uh, the traditional uh, aspect of our country is not allowing all the women or girls from school or uh, other institutions to attend and participate some of the seminars or workshops, and especially when it's the sensitive topic of sexual harassment or period hygiene the biggest taboos in our society. 
So for sure that online activism, or at least the, the opportunity to read something from your website or your uh, any episode that you are making on these things will help a lot of women who cannot have that opportunity of attending to these uh, workshops and seminars. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like as you mentioned, I like the uh, I like to have uh, online as an option after com like pandemic when we go back mm -hmm. to normal. It's like like we don't have to like think about physical distance. Like you can like join online um, seminars and then sessions where you wherever you are. But yes, like as you mentioned, I think it's not easy to um, do um, actual, like a real activism, like a feeling like we, it's not easy to um, share feelings online. So that's like the biggest challenge for um, activists to um, do the work continuing um, online. As an activist, how do you think COVID-19 pandemic changed the nature of activism in general? And how do you think it will continue to change? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to look on the bright side, uh, a good impact of quid was the use of telecommunication. For instance, if a conference was to be conducted uh, in, a, in a university in Sweden, participation was not as diversified as it is today. Uh, for example, I, as a women rights activist in a Middle East country, can participate in that uh, conference, and I have the opportunity to exchange thoughts and uh, opinion. Uh, as a result, uh, I will be benefited for having access to new resources, and the university conference can have more diversified participation. And this is a change comparing to what it used to be, I think. That's a good point. I didn't think about like diversity of the audience for online seminars. Yeah, so like, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, and also I think that COVID made all the, most of the organizations and institutions to just put more effort on inclusivity or collecting as much as new or different uh, experiences. Physical uh, communication maybe, but uh, people from around the world, from different countries came together virtually, I think. <laughs> that is so true. Also, there are a lot of, I think that most of the organizations try to cooperate with each other, to just push back and uh, also to reach to their goals. And I think that one of the wonderful impacts that we can name is this one that not even it stopped the organizations the activists especially feminist activists but also it somehow uh, gave that uh, courage to do more and uh, to be like more stronger and I think that you also had mentioned uh, when I was arranging this meeting and interview with you that you were busy uh, arranging the protests for uh, for women's rights. And I think it was on 8 March. So can you please elaborate a little bit more on the way that you arranged that movement and also the way that 
COVID impacted on the on arrangement of that uh, protest? Mm. Uh, actually, um, here in Afghanistan, 8th of March uh, is celebrating uh, um, every year in the in the halls, presenting some gift for women which is, I think uh, it's totally different from what it must be. Uh, so in our organization, we thought that we must celebrate the 8th of March differently. It is the day that uh, uh, we must ask, for example, from the government. So uh, we think that we must have a protest and we made some placards uh, and uh, we uh, say that we say that we wanted. And that is such an amazing work, and I truly appreciate all the efforts that you are putting in these difficult times and all this misery that this tiny virus is giving us. <laughs> um. Yeah. Th I was just gonna say thank you for sharing kind of one of the positive aspects of the pandemic too, that it's allowed people to come together because I think we tend to think a lot about the negatives of the pandemic and we don't really think very much about like the few positive things that have come out of it. Um, so our next question was, um, if you're having any kind of fundraising process for your organization, how has that changed due to COVID? Um, and also do you feel supported by the Ministry of Women's Affairs um, related to fundraising? Mm. Uh, as I said before, our organization is not uh, dependent on donor funding. We totally believe in volunteer working. So we do all of our activities without any fund. Uh, and as I said before, each of us have our main job uh, and earning income from that. Then we allocate some times for this volunteer work. We have a box in our association and put some money, each of us, uh, monthly on that. And we use it for some transportation, credit card, or something like that, uh, minor expenses that we have in the organization. But uh, because we, don't, we are not dependent uh, on donors, so the COVID has not affected us from this point of view. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, so like, did this pandemic make your organization to think that you could use some funding maybe for, because it, it brought a lot, it changed a lot of your plans. For example, it added to your plate or also you had to use the online uh, platforms. So did it make like a difference on your perspective about funding and also asking for government support although i i know the situation of the afghanistan and also the the level of the government support but still mm -hmm. options too you know, uh, we women here in afghanistan we don't have a good experience uh, from funding and donors and things like that because a great amount of money came to Afghanistan by, for, uh, by the name of women in, the, in this past two decades, but it couldn't respond to uh, women's problem in Afghanistan. So we decided to work voluntarily. Yeah, because when here, when it is money, 
uh, the other word that we can hear is corruption and something like that. Uh, so uh, we decided to work uh, voluntary, yeah. Well, but he's uh, excited about talking about money because um, that's like something like I'm very interested in like doing organizing and activism work. And I, I really love that um, you decided to work voluntary because often like getting donors money, like that puts us like in some kind of limitations, like restrictions, mm -hmm. but volunteer uh, work coming from like salary from um, passion, um, mm -hmm. motivation for um, girls and a woman situation. Um, so that's, that's like a great to hear. Another problem that if we <clears throat> want to work with donor is this, that we must adapt our uh, of our goals according to what the donor wants. For example, maybe we think that teachers, but now uh, the things that donor wants to pay money for it, it is peace, it is for peace project. But we think we don't need to work on that. And because of that, when we are uh, independent, we have the opportunity to decide ourselves that in which area we want to work. You know, Marjan, I'm getting emotional with your response. <laughs> I, uh, I am a strong believer of women's rights, but uh, similar to you, I do not believe in project because mm -hmm. as also my colleague Mio mentioned, uh, and also you mentioned in your response, it's like more restriction and it makes somehow the, the movement and also the whole purpose of the movement very limited to some of the points that other people want us to go. The hot uh, situation of the, uh, this topic of peace, deciding to not to work in that area, but still just keep your way and keep your purpose and keep your goal uh, to work with uh, girls in school with this topic of sexual harassment and period hygiene. That is a very big decision. And I, I think that, that that is so brave. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, in this podcast, one of our goals is that we want to have a part in creating the strategies of activism during pandemic. What are some of tips uh, about activism during COVID that you suggest for feminists and generally for activists uh, in other countries? Because for sure, you, you will have a different perspective on this idea based on your experiences, based on your activities and the situation of Afghanistan. So that would be very valuable for all of us. As I said before, as a strategy, uh, we believe a women organization uh, should not totally rely on donor funding, but they should promote the spirit of volunteering that contributes to sustainability. And as a tip, Quid uh, has revealed a fact to feminists all around the world 
that the domestic violence is uh, existed in a great extent still everywhere uh, from a country like Afghanistan, which violence, uh, violence against women is in a high rate till the countries like US, which women have passed a long way toward gender equality. So my message to women activists is this that uh, we have a long way ahead and during walking through this way uh, we must be aware of the visible and hidden violence which are imposed to women daily in situation for example like creed yeah that's uh, that's true as a strategy our uh, organization experience shows that uh, we can adapt activities based on the situation for example the quid was something that we uh, uh, we had not expected it but uh, uh, when we faced with the COVID, we could uh, change our direction and use uh, uh, some uh, online tools using virtual world and to meet our uh, goals that we have uh, defined before. This is our experience in the COVID-19 uh, uh, period. Yeah, thank you. thank you so much for, for, for saying these. I know that like it has a very big message in it and in a way that the way that your organizations try to adapt this new situation and you had the courage to change the way or change your strategy or even for example you added something different than the topic that you were working you change your audience you were work, earlier you were working with the girls in the schools but you changed your audience and you changed the people that you are working with and you worked on peace or what you worked on the women's rights or the protests or the hashtag online activism that you had and it's a bit for sure it is giving all of us a very valuable message of not stopping because of some of the unexpected situations that we face. And as we are saying this, uh, I, I realized that this podcast is a kind of response to the COVID from us, for sure. If, if it wasn't the COVID, uh, we would uh, have like some in-person interviews and we would have different kind of uh, activities, but we realized that this would be more effective way of speaking and also that's why we are happy that this podcast connected us to you from two different sides of the world two different time zones two different languages but still together here in in one platform and talking about the same goals and the same purposes that we are working for. Thank you so, so much for all of your time, your uh, efforts. I know that you're working and I know that now you're in your office and we really appreciate this. Thank you too. Thank you too. I'm happy uh, that uh, I had the opportunity to share our working during COVID with you. And uh, I'm pleased to see you all. Like, thank mm-hmm. you so much for um, 
coming to um, talk to us. And then it was great here for me to um, like learn the people in different places have like their different tactics and then um, they experienced it different shift in their um, activism. And that is like great to hear because how many times I have um, chance to talk to you, like listen to someone from Afghanistan. And then this is like a great opportunity for me to um, learn different, um, yeah, like how people do activism in different places because we all can learn from um, everyone. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Marjan, for taking time out of your busy schedule. And um, I think you brought up a really good point as well, that even though there's been a lot of downsides to this pandemic, um, it's really brought us together as well. And I think that's kind of the main takeaway from this episode. Thank you, too. Happy to see you. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And we will see you next week with our second episode, where we will be interviewing KEDA organization. Stay tuned.